into the online broadcast network. AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries. And your number one source for after show entertainment. Oh, AfterBuzz TV. The destination for TV superfans. Producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind the scenes exclusives. All thanks to E Entertainment's Maria Menunos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hello, AfterBuzz fans. Welcome back to another episode of Public Morals, Season 1, Episode 6, A Good Shooting, although we were just discussing the fact that it was a good multiple shootings. Plural. Yeah, there was some <laughs> some gunfire going on. Uh, I'm your host, Roxy Stryer, and I'm so excited to talk about this episode tonight. I'm going to introduce my panel, and then I'm going to show you guys that we have a very special guest here. So I'm sitting next to Phil Speedtech. I'm back. You're back. I made one episode, you. and I'm. I built this studio, and now I'm back. Yeah, we really missed you. We did. So I'm glad to I have a male perspective on the show. I missed this show. Although yeah. Ladies' Night was pretty fun. We got Anna Koppel. Hey y'all. Where can the people find you, Anna? Koppel from Mayor. K O P P E L F O R M A Y O R. And we've got Christina Kaplan. What's up, guys? You can find me on Instagram or Twitter at Tina Cap. But more importantly than any of us on the panel right now, yep. we mm-hmm. have. You guys know her as Christine. We know her as Liz Masucci. She is sitting here on our couch, and we're so happy to. Have you. Thanks for having me. This Thanks for fun. coming in. Yeah, we appreciate it. We told you we're super fans of this show, so it's a really a gr- a great thing that you're here to join us and talk to us about this episode and your character in general. Yeah, I love talking about the show. So I'm this glad was to a be great here. episode for you. Yeah, it, really it, was. Was. it was a good good timing to come in on yeah. this one. Huge. Yeah. We'll get more into that, of course, about your character, but I will say that we were all thinking as we were watching the show. You really showed a lot of emotional range tonight. It was a big deal for your character. Yeah. We saw what's actually going on inside, which we haven't been able to see. We've just seen it from Terry's perspective. Right. Yeah, it's nice to show the other side because there's a lot of subtext and to get to play that out and see how it turns out for the couple. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah, it was yeah. cool for us. I thought there was a real turn in the relationship tonight because um, I've mostly been seeing sort of like a nagging wife, mm-hmm. right? But. But tonight, she, I, I feel like there was um, a lot of sort of reverence for the marriage and sort of deflecting to Terry's desires. And um, I, I don't know. I just I enjoyed the turn. Yeah, so. it's nice that it was written in a way that um, it can get flushed out a little more and you can see, like, what she's actually feeling. And um, instead of, yeah, just ha- being nagging, being like, why are you doing this? We need to move. Like, to actually see some vulnerability and emotion behind it can make you empathize with her. Absolutely. Yeah. I felt that tonight. And in case people want to be talking to you, which I'm sure they do throughout the show or throughout uh, yeah. the weeks when you're not on TV, where can they find you? Instagram, Twitter? Um, on Twitter, I'm Liz Masucci, at Liz Masucci. And then on Instagram, it's Elizabeth Masucci. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm, I hope that you that everybody goes and follows her because she yeah. just I follow her on Twitter. She tweets. Got to keep stuff. it professional <laughs> for the gram. You know? Exactly. <laughs> and you guys, as always, can find us at AfterBuzz TV, AfterBuzzTV.com, YouTube.com/slash/AfterBuzzTV on iTunes, on SoundCloud. We like to say wherever you are, we are there too. But in, in less creepy terms than that, right? <laughs> wherever you are, we are too. Before we fully dive too deep in the specific episode, I do want to ask uh, the show seems uh, very well plotted, right? And one of the things that we were discussing very early on, the the first episode, was how long it was going to take to find out who the killer was. And mm-hmm. so the fact that we found out episode two, 
um, you know, was very shocking to at least me. And I know we kind of discussed it. So I want to know, like, from, from you know, as actors, how much did you guys know going into it? Because, you, you know, talking about you specifically, you know, you, you mentioned that subtext. So, like, how far in advance did you know where you were going as a character? Not, the- not very far. I mean, we would get the script, uh, like, a week before we started shooting. So... Really, I feel like you have to make an intuitive decision about wh- mm-hmm. what kind of character you're playing and their personality. But, you know, the first season's tough because you're learning what, what Ed's writing and what you want to put into it, and you're building the character, like, week to week. So we don't know much what happens That's prior. It doesn't come off like that. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like you know everything and we know just about nothing. <laughs> well, that's good because yeah. I guess that's the point is that we are fully developed people and we are living a life and you guys are just watching these people. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what it seems like. I feel like you guys have, I don't know, maybe five scripts ahead right now because I wasn't expect like we talked about, I wasn't expecting this from your character tonight. I wasn't expecting to see all of these uh, developments. So that's really cool. Good, yeah. And think I think it's... Good that you guys might maybe wanted to see more of her, and maybe it's good that it happened now as opposed to later in the season because you know we still have time to see more now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not that not that there will only be one season. We're, we're, we're praying for at least ten. Yes, uh, we actually. I think we talked about that last week on Ladies Night. Yeah, we're rooting for ten seasons. Okay, so let's get into tonight's episode because it was uh, amazing, and I wanted to start by talking about Patton and Mike. So I was not picturing Mike to pick up this phone and be like, "Hey." By the way, you wanna you wanna get that drink that we talked about, Patton? We know that he's kind of been snooping around a little bit, figuring this out, but he's really taking matters into his own hands tonight. What did you guys think about this? Well, so first of all, the granddaughter's back. I know you've been waiting for her. Rosemary, I've asked about her every single week. Thank yeah. you for reminding me. I mean, she made a very slight cameo, mm-hmm. but but she took but, the money, and we were supposed to pay attention to that, so yeah. I did. Yeah. So I I love their interaction. I, I love that, he, and you could tell there was like some sort of. You know, they're in the day. There was like this rivalry. That's their nemesis, right? Back in they're, the day. Back in the day. Um, and now they're just, you know, both kind of retired and sitting and reminiscing. I just loved it. I just thought it was it was just a very honest moment. And again, like some more depth into the characters. And but how honest could it be when the, the when they got down to business? He could, he, there was no actual exchange. And I, I very specific with his words. Um, Patton was. I don't think that Patton does know though. What do you mean yes, he, he know? knows. He knows that Rusty killed O'Bannon. He does. Yes. yes. Because remember, yes. he was all. He freaks he, out on him. Yeah, he was all upset. Like, God, how could you do this? It is hard to keep it straight. Who oh, yeah. knows what? Yeah, it's hard to keep it straight. Who knows what? But what I will say is that. Patton gave a very, and I'm, I'm not talking even just talking about the actor, I'm talking about the character, gave a very believable speech tonight that he didn't know what was up. Uh, if I was Mike, I would have been like, oh yeah, okay, he doesn't know, and if he knows, then he'll try to find out. Mike read right through that immediately. Yeah. So we know that they've interacted so many times that Mike can read Patton's crap. I'm really interested to figure out what that back-in-the-day storyline is. How well do they know each other? How long have they been shooting um, the the? Sh- crap for so like i think that that was really fascinating that Patton immediately was like i didn't know and mike was like yes you did yeah here's the thing i'm, I'm surprised i'm surprised you actually say that because that seemed like the most generic speech in the world if if uh i will number one i will find out who it is and you will be the first call i make well don't you feel like when heard he, that every every time when he talked to terry i felt like terry was like you're not going to tell me anything are you and he's like no i'm not it wasn't like i don't know anything my hands are clean if mm-hmm. i knew i would tell you it was just kind of like Listen, 
I'm not gonna say anything. But this, he tried to convince him he didn't know. So that's what I mean by convincing. Fair Otherwise, enough. I feel like he's the kind of guy who's just, who would just have said it straight. Like, yeah, because hey, he I went know. all the way out there to talk to him. Right. What did so, he think he was going out there for? Then? Yeah, it's like they were having a nice little chat about being an actor, and then, and then it was like, okay, so tell me what what you know, and he's like, uh, yeah, I'll call you if I find out. Right. That's a great but, point you brought up. I have one of my favorite lines, the the actor lines that we have yeah. here. But he says, uh, "You ever wonder what your life would have been like if you had done something completely different?" I feel like that just kind of summarized the show a little bit. There's mm-hmm. so many characters that I could have pictured saying that. If you had told me last week that one of the characters this week says those words, I could have said six people who would have said that. So that was, I yeah. love that moment, that actor moment. It was interesting too, because they both kind of were poking fun at each other's true professions. You know, like in a, in a like, oh, old friends type way. They were making jabs at, oh, at uh, Mike being the cop and then at Oban or at uh, Patton being the gangster. You know, it was like subtle, like right. little pokes about their job, but it was somewhat lighthearted too. Mm-hmm. You know, it was. I think it's like the history. Yeah. They've known each other a long time, even though they don't agree with each other on a lot of things. Right. It was nice to see like two men that kind of been around the block just kind of shooting the shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. And they, they both accept what each other is. Yeah. You know? Is. Is Mike in over his head? Is this like, uh-oh, he's starting on a bad path and he's really going after it now. He's talking to Pat and he's going to keep going and we think something bad's going to happen to him? Or are we thinking he can handle this because he was in, uh, he was a cop for so long and whatnot? I, I, I disagree with it because uh, Terry's not not on his side. You disagree with what? With, with Mike doing this. Oh. You know what I mean? I think he is against, uh, I think he is over his head. You know, I mean, I mean, look at what, you know, as we obviously talk about Terry... Um, I don't think I don't think Mike's, you know, I think he's lost a little bit of his edge. And again, I, I think he'll need Terry and, and everyone else to be able to do that. And I think he'll act more like Sean, you know, if he ever is presented with a situation like that again. How do you guys feel? Like he's in over his head or like he can handle this? I don't think he's in over his head. I mean, he's definitely uh, the guy, but it's kind of like saying that Terry's in over his head when he goes and talks to his stoolies. Like, yeah, they're they're criminals and they're gangsters and whatever. But But I think that they're also seasoned cops and they know how to interact with these but, people. But look at Patton's like, mentality. You know, he never took a vacation because he didn't want to leave the neighborhood. That was, you know, even a couple of days was too long for him. That's what? Patton, though. That's not Mike. I feel like Mike kind of washed his hands clean of this a little bit yeah, but, but that could be considered arrogance and the part of, like, now you want to get back into it. Mm. I think yeah. that... I don't think Mike's in over his head, but I think that he is, like... Poking the bear, is that the same? Yeah. You know, or poking the bees' nest, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Like, something could blow up in his face if he keeps trying to dig, dig, dig. Here's why I asked the question, and we'll talk more about this later, but I feel like Mike is going in all the places where he is not wanted right now. He's giving his advice, or he's trying to figure it out. So we've got this situation with Patton, and that Terry already told him, don't talk to Patton about this. And then... Mike goes and tries to talk to Terry's wife, Christine, and he's right. trying to set, you know, he's sticking his nose in Terry's business in all these different places. So I feel like something bad's going to happen to Mike or something bad's going to happen to the Mike-Terry relationship. Because then when you go after somebody's wife and you say, listen, I don't care what your husband says, he's always been full of crap. This is the yeah, deal. He seems to be getting under Terry's skin, but like really going for it, not like in a passive way. Exactly. Yeah. So. But these are two completely different. Like I actually agree with the Christine and uh, and, and Mike solution. I think I think that's you know I, I think I think they should go after that. And- but it's not his wife. 
it's not his wife. Well, okay, we'll get more to that after yeah. the dinner. Yeah. yeah, it's tricky with the in-laws and the family. It's like your family, but you're crossing the line when you come into the house and say, "Oh, we'll find you another house." Like, right. Wait, you got to consult your husband. <laughs> it's kind of disrespectful, but it's also helpful. It's that weird yeah. balance. Uh, so, okay, of course we will get there. We'll get. Yeah, yeah, we'll get. There. I, Anna, I know you have something to say. You, you can't forget it though. Gotta, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll, try, I'll remember it. Okay. Um, but but also, but Phil, to your point, that if this relationship is damaged, then when the time comes when Mike does need Terry's help and that relationship is fractured, I mean, that could present a problem for Mike. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. We already know that uh, situations between son and father on this show have been messed up with Sean and his dad, so I wouldn't be surprised if Mike and Terry were splitting up right now um and then maybe eventually getting back together we'll see how that works out but okay i want to talk also about the situation with duffy and babs and sean and deirdre we've got this weird it's not it's a love square Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) usually we're talking triangles here but i guess we're talking squares so duffy and babs are out together at this bar by the way, he did seem like a really good dancer. Yeah, he actually is a really good dancer in real life. Oh, and they had a choreographer for like a day or something, on, and we were watching them. I was like, that's really fun. I want a dance scene. Yeah. <laughs> like, take me one. out on a dance. Okay, but you just got to go to a hotel, and you just had a whole oh. good scene. So, no, you know. I want a tango or something fun. <laughs> did you guys hear that, writers? You hear that? Yeah. Ed, what's going on? She wants so she Mrs. wants to dance. on the dance floor. <laughs> uh, so they do, they, they don't meet at the bar, but they re-meet at the bar they both know who each other are um and babs is shwasted like very very drunk didn't know how drunk she was until we get back to the place though were you guys surprised with how quickly babs was willing to hook up with duffy did you feel like this was all payback did you think she kind of liked him i think it was definitely payback because i mean let's be honest duffy is not the most attractive person and he's not a good guy either. He's in, he just got out of jail. And she's like, You mean attractive, like what he's done? He's been to well, prison. Well, yeah, yeah. Ba- and Babs is like talking, you know, about Sean being a bad guy for Deirdre when, so it's obvious that it was just payback. I don't think so. I think this is going somewhere. And yeah. <laughs> like, I think that she has a little bit of a, yeah, no, I It's I'm not totally, going to Greenwich, I can tell you that. Yeah. Well, it's probably not going to Greenwich. Duffy's not but, going to Greenwich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but I think she's into it, and I think that the being drunk was just like you know it's okay. I don't. Yeah. Know, she has like some sort of yeah shame about it or whatever. Like this isn't somebody that she should be dating. So the alcohol is like oh I I was drunk whatever it's fine. I think she's yeah. attracted to him. I feel yeah. it when I watch it. But yeah, I think there's a stigma around a cop. Like she keeps bringing up, oh, do you really want to date a cop? So right. I think she knows that she wants something better or whatever for her life. But I think there's a certain like chemistry and when you're drunk like it could come out mm-hmm. yeah i agree uh, with that i agree i could i could see the fireworks between uh duffy and babs and even later when we have the babs deirdre conversation i feel like they wouldn't have included that if we're not supposed to be on the lookout for this relationship when that ba- when deirdre's like tell me you're not actually going for patrick oh my god he's such a little what is she going like a little worm or something a little yeah yeah little, like that's how i I mean, my brother's a really good guy, but when I'm talking about him, I'm like, he's such a, like, a little yeah. thing. You I think that whole scene was improvised, too. Really? Like, Eddie, cool. what Lyndon told me is that he was like, we need something lighter, and we want to put in something after you sleep with him or whatever, after that night. And they kind of just riffed, and that I think maybe she just came up with that on the spot. It's That's so awesome. interesting uh-huh. that you say that, because when I was watching, it felt like, like girls, girl talk. Yeah. 
It's yeah. exactly what it was. Like they were just it kinda, wasn't scripted. <laughs> it it made great. me feel uncomfortable because they were talking about the brother, but it's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. I think yeah. they like grabbed Tina Cap's arm. I was like, ooh, this is so awkward. Like the way she's talking right now yeah. with her brother. Yeah. I know. I think they totally would have gotten it on too if Babs hadn't been too drunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, like, duh, Roxy. Yeah, but I, you know what I appreciate about him is that he's not a date rapist. No, yeah, that's true. Great. Yeah. He, he 10 points him. at least, you know? Like, well, it was also a great um, kind of example of the differences between a, a brother hooking up with a, wait, a brother hooking up with a sister's friend and a sister hooking up with a brother's friend. You know what I mean? We yeah. saw how Duffy attacked the situation and we saw how Deirdre was like, kind of like, oh, I just can't believe you would go for him because he's gross. Mm-hmm. Whereas Duffy was like, I told you to stay away from my sister. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And that wasn't the weird part to me. It wasn't strange that Deirdre was kind of upset about it. It wasn't strange that Duffy was kind of upset about it. It's strange that Babs is so upset about it. Because this is nobody's hooking up with your family members. Like this is your <laughs> because she seemed like the one who was most upset. She's trying really hard to convince uh, Deirdre not to see Sean. Do you think that that's because Deirdre has a track record of this, or that Babs is just very overprotective, or maybe jealous? I think I've had roommates that, especially in college, that are very opinionated about guys that I date. And it, it seems like maybe it's her own projection of what she wants. Mm. But, yeah, it seems like there's a motive there. I could don't be a really little know. jealousy then if it's what she wants. It could be. Maybe uh, she's had a secret crush on Sean all along. Deirdre. Oh, maybe. Ooh. Or, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean, I don't know anything. But. <laughs> that would be real motivation. Yeah. Uh, so she is. She's upset about it, though, which, which I think is kind of not understandable. If it, well, <laughs> if it were real life and you walked in on your roommate going at it on the kitchen table, it's upsetting. It's like, this is a common area. Don't do that. Well, about the kitchen table, yes, but about the guy, totally different. Right, right completely. Yeah. And it's enough that it's in a storyline. It's not just like, oh, this happened, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. So... So, yeah, there's definitely something there. It's just kind of like the pot calling the kettle black when she's upset with uh, Deirdre for hooking up with Sean, who's a cop, and then she goes and hooks up with uh, Duffy, who just got out of jail. Yeah. She's yeah. like, don't you want something better for yourself? Yeah, uh, that's, what, that's what I right. mean, is that it's weird. That's why I think it's, maybe it's partial payback and partial, she's is actually attracted to him. Maybe the initial thought was, I'm going to get back at Deirdre. But then, I don't know. I need a, a male perspective on this. Phil, you seem a little quiet. Are you on, on somebody's side here? He's like, I, I'm Team mm-hmm. John. I, I feel well, like he's Team I, John. I, 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 he's like, next topic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm t- uh, as uh, I don't necessarily condone it, but I'm Team Sean in terms of what he did at the at the end with, with breaking John's car. I love that. Which I, I originally... When Wait, we were, what? That's when you're Team Sean? When he goes after John's car? With he's the he's like wasted. <laughs> you, don't, you don't mess with another man's car. If he wanted to break his face, I you feel like... You don't mess I'd with be- a man's love yeah that's yes, fine I yeah. Love that. uh, if you wanted to take that that pipe to this other dude's face or yeah but he didn't that's know okay. him that's okay yeah okay exactly he had no idea who he was he was like a stranger it's not Sean. his friend he's yeah. not like this isn't breaking bro code it's not he like your boys he should be mad at Deirdre not at the guy right yeah. 
Like, who wouldn't want to sleep with Deirdre? Right, Obviously, right. she's a hottie, and yeah. she's totally got her stuff together. Like, yeah. why wasn't he thinking more rationally after that shooting and drinking three quarters of a bottle of whiskey? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great point. Great point. I'm, I'm giving him a little too much credit right now. I mean... Yeah, no, it's true, but I was really, really surprised with this twist that took place here, because last week we talked about the fact that I felt like maybe Deirdre and Sean would work for a little bit, and they they would be together, and they'd be the... I call them the Rachel and Ross of this uh, series because they'll be together and then they'll break up and they'll go back together. But tonight, we see that Sean's kind of all in and Deirdre's like, nobody. Which I love when they gender reverse here. Like, I, it's always the girl who's like, please, please, please. They always show that on TV. So no, I not, love what they did. Not to be negative, but do you think it's because of all the negativity towards her from uh, from Duffy, from from the roommate? Do I think what because of all the negativity that she's anti? Yeah, you know what I mean? When when people are like, oh, you shouldn't do this, and oh, you're falling for him, and then... I think because she has, she says in the beginning of the series that she wants to do something with her life, Mm -hmm. and to her that probably means, okay, not settle down and get married right away. Like she, I think she went to school at Sarah Lawrence. Yeah, she wants to be a journalist. Yeah, and I think, and I understand as a woman, it's like, you might feel like getting married means like having kids and then you might not get to like explore what you want to do. I'm just going to say, there's a murder to report and you weren't there. (laughs) <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, that, that's what you're thinking. I'm thinking about the love square, and you're thinking about the murder. So I, I guess we can talk about the shooting. Well, I'll just yeah. say, there's a murder. Think, awesome. Speaking to women having kids, I mean, when I fir- the first episode, I was like, Christine is way too young to have a boy as old as James. Like, so is your character? How old is your character? Are you supposed yeah. to be? I mean, I'm supposed to be probably like in my mid 30s, and I think at that time. Yeah, people had kids when they were 20, 18 or 20. And I think it was a situation where... he's 13, correct? Yeah, he's 13. So that means I would be like 33. But I think, you know, I think from what I built for Christine is that she met Terry and he was older, but she was much younger and they fell in love and it's his second marriage. Um, which I don't know if that comes up yet. I don't think so. Oh, I don't think sorry. we've heard of that. No. That's news. That's <laughs> exciting. Did I spoil it? No, no it's great. No. I love it's it. not a big thing that gets explored yet, but I love season it because Eddie told me on um, one day on set, like later in the season, he's like, "Yeah, my um, second wife in the," and I'm like, "Wait, what? You're, you're telling me now that you were married before? <laughs> like, oh my god, you're going to divorce him now? Yeah, I'd be like, who's this bitch? Yeah. <laughs> Bring her in. Bring here. her in. You're going to take it back to her car." Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> but I guess in my head, like it logically, it played out that you know being pregnant probably earlier in the '60s was more common, and that yeah. you know you married at a young age and absolutely kids. yeah yeah. So that can be why Deirdre's that's what everyone's doing, and she's the opposite. She doesn't want to do that. Yeah, and I love seeing those uh, because we've got two strong females on the show right now that we're focusing on. Yeah, and then there's also Fortune and there's Babs and whatever, but the the two of you guys right now, I feel like you are living different lives and neither one of them is right or wrong. They're just completely different paths, so it's interesting to see how those are perceived in in this time period. But it's also interesting that Deirdre doesn't think that she can have, like, a life partner and a career. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, we hear a little bit more about her dad tonight, and I think that that probably has a lot to do with the way that she views relationships and that her dad was what pushed off of the building for whatever it was. I mean, we heard about that from Duffy when he was telling Babs. Deirdre's never told Babs and their roommates and, I would assume, best friends. You, so. It's also probably the time period, too. Like, in the 60s, I think so much was changing for women, so... 
I think now you can say, yeah, sure, I can have a career and, and have kids. Like, people do it all the time. But in the 60s, I feel like it was probably less of a common, accepted thing. Definitely you know, less like of a thing. Maybe right. one or the other, or maybe difficult to do both at the same time. But but even a relationship, I feel like she doesn't yeah, that's she can true. have. And I think she senses, though, that he's like clinging on like, the baby yeah. yeah and she probably really has feelings for him i mean how there's like definitely chemistry there it's like but here's uh, a, right. also too i mean uh you know interestingly enough she she was kind of like his therapist very early on mm-hmm. um and part of it could be you right know, after the passing of his dad you know what i mean so he you know he's emotionally trying to pass off in some whatever way he's trying to deal with that and latch on to anything that he can which is her and so whether or not the feelings are actually real could be debated I completely agree with that, and also the fact that he has never experienced a woman not wanting him, it seems like. Every woman, all the prostitutes that he's picked up, but that still just, like, flirt with him. All these other people, we hear from Duffy tonight that he, like, what was the, he's a pig about the pussy or something? Yeah, 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 it was was like, (laughs) that he's been really gross about this, and he sees a lot of women. I don't mean gross, because I don't mean to judge him, I'm just saying that he sees a lot of women. Um, So, obviously, he, he isn't somebody who settles down. Down. Now that he wants to settle down with Deirdre, it's probably a lot because of the fact that they connect, they've known each other a while, but also the fact that she doesn't want to, and, he, and she isn't clinging to him yeah, like most people. Yeah, hard to get. Yeah, it's desirable. I don't even think she's playing hard to get, though. She just is hard to get, yeah. which is the most desirable thing I, I think he would find in a woman, which is, is interesting. Okay, so let's talk about, instead of this love square, I want to I move into this shooting. We've got, we've got two shootings tonight, a good shooting. See what I did there? Okay, so here's what happens. We we got to go see what's going on with Davis. We're going there kind of on a limb. Uh, we're Charlie and we're Terry, and we're like, all right, what what's the deal? What's the deal? We found these dead bodies. It was this bar. They go and Davis does one of the is it Davies or Davis 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 does one of the dumbest things he could possibly do, which is let everybody know that he obviously is guilty. Like. I, Play it cool, dude. Play it cool. Were you guys thinking that they knew 100% what was going on? I mean, I was so surprised. They just started shooting through the door. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. I mean, starting with not going to work. Just go to work. Like, <laughs> go through all the motions. He, yeah, he needs to read, I mean, like, a, a book on this. What I think, you should do to not look suspicious. I think he was just uber paranoid about everything. And so... did As I mean, he should be. Right. So did... He Terry and Charlie identified themselves at the door, right? Yes. So mm-hmm. he knew. Okay. Yeah, but if they didn't knock down his door, they're like, "Hey, we're we're here. Open up." To be fair, I mean Terry is pretty aggressive every time he knocks. He's an aggressive knock. <laughs> Terry will do and open up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you hear that and you're like, "Crap." <laughs> yeah, he was trouble. sitting there like drinking too, or something. Yeah. He looked really kind of suspicious even before he was planning on shooting. I don't know. I don't know why he was really bad about playing that off. I, I assume he's not he in this like world. Up drinking all night. And yeah. yeah, it was the morning, I think, when they went over there. So yeah, yeah that's never a good start to the day. <laughs> yeah. Wasted at 8 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell that he's not like Rusty, though, and he's not like Richie. He's not like these guys who all would have played it cool. Yeah. They all would have sat there and been like, what can I do for you, officer? Like, yeah. he, he just starts shooting through the door. Are you... So he, he really can't handle this. He obviously shoots Charlie, um, who ends up you know, just asking for a little bit of whiskey, but instead we do the smarter thing and take him to the hospital where we meet his his very hysterical German mother. 
I loved watching this scene. I, I or I actually think have we seen her before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where we, we're reintroduced to his mom. I love when she comes into the picture because she is like comic relief on this show. After the big shooting, I needed her for a minute. I think she killed it. Back to Davis really quick. Do you think there's a chance that he did that to get taken to jail originally? Like, maybe his thoughts were, like, I should just go to jail because I'm safer there. I don't have to get involved with this anymore. Then you open up the door and you start then he realizes he should just run away. I don't know. No, I think that he just is not in this world and thought that... I don't think he was thinking. Yeah, Yeah, he wasn't thinking. Gun, what, like... That don't was shoot a cop. Please. Yeah, I don't think yeah. don't shoot a cop is like a recent thing. Yeah, that's it's oh, been around. Yeah, it's been around. Yeah. That's <laughs> not, like the he knew who was at the door. He shot a cop. He could have killed a cop. If he had killed a cop, he would have been. I was going to say he would have been totally screwed, but he was he's totally, already he was screwed yeah. anyway. He's so yeah, yeah. Thing, I like, don't get more screwed than that. Like he even shot. He, you know, I mean, he didn't know where they were, but he shot somewhere where they could be, rather than like you know up into the uh, door. What, you know what I mean? But why would he shoot like, up? What's the point of him shooting? I don't know. Why would you want to scare him? Open the door. I don't understand his line of thinking regardless. <laughs> yeah, because it's not like he could kill both unless he started shooting like a crazy person. But he yeah. doesn't right. do that. Yeah, he just shoots him in the arm and then he stops. I don't know like, what his goal is. His yeah, goal is being drunk. He really didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Anna, I keep hearing the voice in my head. Oh yeah, it's straight up thinking really well after this glass of whiskey whatever. <laughs> like, yes, yeah, so they're drunk. They're, yeah. they're drunk mm-hmm. on the show so they make stupid decisions as people do in life. Um, so after this so obviously they're pissed. Um, Terry goes on. Uh, I need to find this cop shooter, as all cops I think would do. And uh, Terry takes Sean with him because he gets a phone call from uh, his connection at the bar. They say where he is. He goes with Sean, and they they go to this place. And this was one of the most interesting moments of the episode for me because I was really surprised with Sean. The gun is on Terry. He's literally, Davis has a gun on Terry. Two guns. Two guns. And Sean has a gun on Davis and isn't shooting him. And Terry's screaming at him, Mm -hmm. screaming at him to shoot him. And he's not doing it. Is this the first person that he's killed? Why? What's the hesitation? Why? How could we possibly rationalize this? I think it's the first time he's ever shot somebody. Yeah, 100%. That's what I got from it, too. Yeah, and do we think that that is going to really affect his character? I mean, we well, saw. I think tonight. that's why he's drunk. He goes into yeah. a raging, like drinking, smashing cars. Yeah, but uh, that's in the immediate. I mean, in general. Yes. This, if this is his first killing, that changes yeah. a person. Yeah. You would have to assume. Yeah. I think there's a chance he gets very, almost cynical, just with everything. Like Deirdre doesn't want me. I just murdered someone, and he kind of spirals My dad is dead. Yeah, my dad, who I hated, is dead and spirals out of control. I see his character kind of going into this crazy, just dark... By the way, he wasn't even praised for the kill. I mean, he was being scolded right after of, like, you should have shot faster. I mean, he should have. Yeah. I understand why he was being scolded. No, I get that, but but even in that sense, like, I couldn't even do... Yes, not only did I shoot somebody and kill him, I couldn't even do it right. Yeah, and mm-hmm. yeah, there were. I, I totally get your point that there not only was nobody saying like it was a good kill, like you did the right thing. Nobody or like, was are you saying, emotionally okay? Are you okay? Right. Yeah, that it was right to like shame and you messed up. And, Wouldn't yeah. he, the fellow cops know that this was his first kill if it was that he had never killed somebody? Wouldn't that be common knowledge, or is that not the kind of thing that they track or anything? Yeah. 
I don't I'm know. I'm not sure. Because yeah. I think if Terry did know, I do think Terry's a sensitive enough person that he would have. I don't know. I mean, one of the things that we'll talk about, when you know, he's tough on the family. He is. He is very tough on the well, family. Well, that was very intense when, when he was yelling at him when he walked away after the cops came. It seemed like there was, for me, the, the most intensity from Terry Muldoon. The way he was like, next time, you, you, you know, you better, you better shoot. You know, mm-hmm. and he kind of just like shoved him instead of seeing, like, clearly he was going through something like, I can't believe I just killed a guy. And Terry was really hard on him. Right. Even well, after the fact. Do you think Terry was thinking, I almost just died? Yeah. And so he wasn't being considerate of Sean's feelings? Right, yeah. Of course, especially because there's yeah. a conversation going into it, and Sean's like, what do we do if we find him? And he's like, you, you shoot better him in kill the head. Him. Yeah. That's yeah. what you do. You tried to kill me the first time. So. Right. I think that it's really insane that Davis didn't kill Terry. Like, he had gone on him for a long time. He was a re- It wasn't like a second hesitation. This was a really long hesitation. Yeah. This is like a five-minute scene. I mean, pretty much. Like, yeah. Right. There, yeah. there was, like, back and forth. Shoot him. Yeah. Nobody needs to die. No, shoot him. I'm, I, If I was Terry, I have to say I'd be really upset with Sean, too. I think that, yes, you can be understanding, and things did work out in your favor, so it's kind of like all, all's well that ends well. Right. But at the same time, you've got to teach him a lesson. He's younger than you. He's greener he's had than you. He's two guns on you. Right. Yeah. Right. He's not saying, like, I'm going to get you off of the force or whatever. He's saying, next time, don't F up because I'll end up dead, which he will. Yeah. So yeah. I, I thought that he reacted completely fairly. Um, okay. Any any other thoughts on the shootings that happened? The Well, I think this ties into the family. I, I, I think one of the re- you know, Terry just had blinders on about, I mean, you know, he left... He didn't explain anything that was going on. At the family dinner? At the family dinner. And so if they found out that he got shot, and this was the reason, that, saw, I think that was going through his mind. We saw what Christine was like when she found out that Terry was with Charlie when he got shot. Yeah, because she, she knew known, that he was fine, but still was crying outside right. of the station. Imagine if she had known at the family dinner, he was like, sorry, honey, be right back. I'm just going to go after the person that shot Charlie. She would have... And like kill him. handcuffed him to the table. She would be yeah. like, no, you're not. Yeah. So yeah. I, I understood why he didn't say anything. He's like, I'm just going to deal with something no biggie. Right. Like something very low key. Uh, but this family dinner was really interesting. First of all, um, I love that they're doing Sunday night family dinners. Very Italian. Yes. It's very East Coast. It's like, I, I thought that this was a really realistic part of the show and a great way to bring everybody together. Sometimes I feel like shows don't know how to bring everybody in the same room. So it's like, what can we throw a party for? Yeah. Like, a wedding, a funeral, mm-hmm. something. Exactly. So this was like just your average family dinner. And, yeah. and that's what it seemed like. It seemed like this kind of thing happens all of the time. Uh, we start to learn a lot of different information as people do at family dinners. I love the jabs. It's like, she didn't cook that dinner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I cooked it. That made me laugh, like, really laugh very so hard, harsh. too. Yeah. Not necessarily harsh. I thought it was kind of necessary for the audience. I liked it a lot. Yeah. So we start learning um, about the Rusty K situation earlier. We got a phone call from Rusty to K. They're seeing each other Monday morning. They can't see each other Sunday because she's with the family. But, uh, Christina, I know you thought this part was so interesting that she ended up telling Ina all the information. Yeah. Or some of the information. Yeah, I did. I thought it was strange because, well, not strange. I guess it just really kind of opened our eyes to the fact that clearly Kay and Ina are close. And Kay has a past, maybe not with just Rusty, maybe with other guys. And Ina was kind of like, well, 
you know, it would, what did she with say? You, no, it won't ever. Yeah, knowing you, it won't end there mm-hmm. with the phone call. So clearly she knows that, that Kay has a past. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I'm interested to see how that relationship developed, like with things with Rusty and then things with Ina and Kay, if that goes anywhere, or if, or if Ina says something to someone to bring the attention that Kay and Rusty yeah, are getting together. You know what mm-hmm. the interesting part to me is? The, you know, uh, speaking of the... You mentioned they all get together, right? And mm-hmm. as a family, they should kind of deal together with all this stuff, and yet every single one of these people is dealing with this murder in their own different way and not even talking about it. As people do. But, but yeah. it's interesting because, you know, you, you had the whole Sean and Kay interaction. He's like, you know, people know not to talk about it in front of me. And, and, right, and, and right. you know, uh, Mike's doing it his own way. Terry, Terry's telling him not to do it. And, you know, meanwhile, Kay, Kay's hearing this, but she's not really stepping in. So it's just kind of interesting to watch that no They're one's not talking. talking about it. Yeah. yeah. I I think that if they were, then this mystery would have been solved. And I think the whole point why Terry doesn't want people talking about it is Terry doesn't want the mystery to be solved. Because then he knows there's going to be a war. Well, it also brings up a lot of feelings, I think, on everyone's end. And if they're trying to have a nice family dinner and so on, you know, it's like bringing up the the elephant in the room, I guess. I don't know. This pasta is great. By the way, who killed your uncle? Yeah. 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 It's kind of a weird transition, although I wouldn't put it past this family. Yeah, that's true. They're they're spilling a lot out onto the table. But earlier when we were talking about uh, is this a dangerous move for Mike, I think this is a dangerous move for Kay. Like, she's going to go investigating this murder, like, with Rusty. I I, I think she's in danger. Well, Rusty's the safest person she could probably be with right now. Well, that's true. No, I think that he's completely emotionally erratic and and not a safe person and, and insane, yeah, and completely insane. <laughs> and murders yes. a lot of people. Uh, yeah. yeah, so but he doesn't want to murder her. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, not yet. Yes. Yes. Yeah, just wait yeah. for him to get angry. Just we, wait until he get gets jealous. Just get you know. I mean, but and he's also, murdering people in such a a personal way. Yep. He's not shooting them. He's strangling them against his body and putting like and getting he's away crazy. with it and yeah. getting away with it all. Um, and Ina isn't the only person that Kay's talking to about Rusty. She also kind of mentioned something to Terry, and she's like, she says something. Oh, I'll make some of my own phone calls. Seems like a lot of people. It's not just like an inner circle. People are starting to know what's going on here, which makes me really nervous for Kay. Really nervous. Do you think there's a chance, I mean, this might be a stretch, but do you think there's a chance when Kay talks to Rusty about the situation, he says, well, I killed him for you. When Kay talks to Rusty. When Kay talks to Rusty about who killed O'Bannon. I don't think they're talking on Monday. I think that they're screwing. But she said she was going to talk to him (laughs) about it, right? Pillow talk. Yeah, she says she's going to talk to him about it. So, like, is that is there a chance that happens? Yeah, he says, "I love you. I killed him so we can be together." Or so he stops hitting you. Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah. Yeah, We can't forget that that he was abusive. Yeah, Yeah. and and Rusty clearly cares about her. So it plays a huge part. It definitely does. Oh, the other thing, um, speaking of Rusty, though, we found it tonight, or at least I didn't know this. Maybe one of you picked up on this. Is that Rusty had a brother? That moved to California, and I don't know what happened to him. I think his name was Jerry. The actor. Yeah. yeah. Of course yeah. he went to California for right. acting. acting. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about that before, but I, I don't guy. think we know we, we know what actually ends up happening. So when, I think this is even a bigger situation that um, his dad left he left the business to not either of his sons, because one son wanted to leave, the other one really wanted it, but he leaves it um, to somebody who's not dead and, 
and not as relevant. So I just wanted to point that out. But okay. Um, the other, the biggest thing that we find out tonight for your character, we've got the the whole report card situation, whatever it is. But for me, the biggest thing was that Terry kind of was letting you in a little more on his life, telling you what's going on a bit. Like, yeah. this is the situation because we've seen you've been kept in the dark. We found that out at the dinner the other night when you didn't know as much information as, as Vince's wife did. Yeah. Uh, so is this like a turning point? Is this where maybe he starts opening up after? 13 plus years or do we feel like maybe you're kind of getting filtered information along the way? I think this is definitely a turning point. I think she knows obviously he's a cop so he can get shot at any time. But yeah, things at the dinner where she realizes oh maybe he's hiding things or there's a lot of things I don't know that's more dangerous than he's letting on. And I think um, yeah, he starts to see that she's getting a bit unsettled and upset about it. And I think he's giving her kind of like small doses of, of what she's kind of figuring out on her own, which could be helpful or could really hurt the relationship. Yeah. So what I was going to say earlier, and you told me not to forget and I didn't. Yes. Couple from here. Yes. Was I, I think Mike did something very damaging when he talked to Christine and is that he said, Terry's full of crap. He's always been full of crap. And so now I think that... And that's coming from his father. Right. I think that that makes her question everything. Right. Everything that Terry says. And she knows that he does give a lot of excuses and whatever. So I, I feel like everything he says now, she's going to be questioning. And I think, you know, when she goes and, and cries in the bathroom, which is such a powerful scene. Um, great job. Oh, thanks. <laughs> you really did an amazing job. Yeah, Thank it really you. was. Um, but I felt like I, I couldn't tell whether... It was because she was scared for his life or she, her whole world is being turned upside down because she's like, it, that right. whole story that he gave about like, oh, my father came home and mm-hmm. he said this and what, you know, like, is she questioning whether, family, yeah. is she questioning whether that's a real story or, you know, I mean, so I don't know, but I just felt like, you I know, think she, I think that to her is a real story. It seems very genuine from him and she believes that. I think there's a lot, a lot of other things that maybe she's like, maybe he's not telling me the truth when he comes home, where he's been, how much money we have, mm-hmm. things like that. I think she starts questioning. And also, yeah, I think she genuinely loves him. And I think when she, when your husband gets shot at, you know, regardless of if he's a cop and he's been a cop, I think it's emotionally like, oh, crap, we need to get out of here. Or maybe we need to make a change because also with the kids being in this neighborhood, it's like I think she wants more peace and, and you know, calmness in the life. And I think it's not. Right. It's not panning out that way. Right. I think yeah. for, from my perspective, it was sort of confirmed for her tonight when, you, you know, he says, like, uh, there, there's friends that will take care of you, you know. So, yeah. number one, that means that there's money. And when she asked, like, do I know these people? Some of them. So, uh, the, you, that you know, that goes that goes Huge back to the point moment. of, like, he, he's just filtering her information so she yeah. doesn't go out and look for it herself, that, that she's fed just enough to keep quiet for the yeah. time being. But not only is he doing that, but I feel like she's actually starting to ask more questions. Obviously, we didn't see their life for the past 13, 15 years, but we have seen recently... She is asking, though, what, is, what do you mean and all of that? I feel like there's a reason for that, and um, I'm not even going to save it for predictions. I'm just going to say it now, that I feel like maybe there's a change going on in her life. Maybe she's going to end. The, maybe she's pregnant. That's what I was thinking, maybe too, when you were... Maybe pregnant, or maybe something's up that she's like, we need to move. We have to get out of here. We don't have space. I have to know the answers. Something, I feel like, is clicking for her, and, and I feel that there, there's got to be something behind it. No, when she was crying at the end, I 
thought we were going to see. I don't know. They have pregnancy yeah, tests in the 60s. But I think it was the so. second time she needed but, the bathroom. Yeah, so I totally yeah. thought that's what was going to happen. Yeah. We'll are we to... are we hot or cold? I mean, we... Oh, I don't want to give you... Give it away, though. <laughs> well, something. Something something okay, changes, for something. sure. Yeah, I just... I, I feel it. I feel yeah. like this is a different you, that something's going on that we right. don't know about. Because you're right. They've been married for 13 years, so it's like, why now? Right. You know? Um, exactly. I feel like at some point, she would have started asking if she was that kind of person, so right. something changed. And I think, uh, you know, O'Bannon getting killed, I think because he's a family member that like definitely feels more heightened than normal. I mean, it's not like a stranger that dies. It's like a person that's in the family. Of course. So I think she feels like the infiltration from the outside and that things are, you know, she, I think that dinner was a big awakening too, because this other wife is like, yeah, yeah, we have this money and you're getting money from, Mm -hmm. you know, whoever the hookers or, you know, so I think she's like, Oh, maybe I don't know as much as I should or, you know, yeah. what's going on there? Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the, uh, they always have that little teaser of like, you know, everyone's making money and no one's getting hurt. I mean, the, the whole show is based around the fact that every week. Someone's dying. <laughs> yeah, we get one or two murders every single week. Yeah. I mean, the, the, apart from Davis, we, we also got Smitty and, uh, and, uh, Sully. Sully. Right. You know, they're dead. Which is why the other thing I was thinking, because we ha- we know that this show isn't afraid to kill people off, and we know that this show has a lot of foreshadowing, so I'm a little worried about James. We hear tonight, like, oh. if my kids found that body, we'd be moving, or this place isn't safe, we have to get out of here, James is messing up on his report card, James is doing all these things, I'm scared something's going to happen to him. And then also, just the way that Terry treats James, I don't know if he'll be able to live with himself if something happens to James. He's kind of just like... You know, he's very, very harsh on him. We talk about it the entire dinner, too. Mm-hmm. Even you think he's harsh on him. Yeah. So. I think I think it's tough being the mother of some of a husband that um, is very harsh. Because you also want to be – put your foot down, too. But you don't want to have two people yelling at you all the time. So, I mean, I think I say in the pilot, like, he needs to try a, a softer touch with him. I try to, like, get him to move in a different direction even though I want to be hard on James about his school and getting drunk, I mean, that's not something you want your kid to be doing at 13. Yeah, right, of course. Right. The, those, those family situations really, I think, are so incredibly well acted and written in the whole thing. Like, I'm so invested in your guys' family right now that I don't know what's going to happen. If something Wait. happens to somebody... I mean, I'm gonna lose it. You'll come to the Muldoon funeral. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Fly in New York, and I'm also inventing a time machine. So yeah, and we can all dress up. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I think the tough part is, uh, you know, uh, in terms of James, he's hiding that information from him too, and and so when when you're so, someone like James. You know, I mean, imagine the time, like the, the stereotypical, you throw ball with your dad and things like that, and you can kind of relate with your dad, and you mm-hmm. go to work with your dad, and these are all things that he doesn't have a direct day-to-day male role model that he can be with. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's always just that scolding. And then, yeah, you know, tough no, love. yeah, no offense to mom, like, you know, especially you're, if when you're at that age as an adolescent, you, you know, the last thing you want to be doing is hanging out with mom. Yeah, it's true. She's so. probably like, oh, why well, she's talking again? Or, <laughs> you know, he wants to yeah, be cool with his dad, I guess. Yeah. Go and- for a ride with his dad without being scolded. Yeah. 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 I see James going down the gangster path, frankly. Like, really? he always had that, that interaction at O'Bannon's wake. And. You can't be with he- that guy, though. Well, that's true, but uh, there's plenty but then, of gangsters out there. There are plenty of gangsters. Like, and, like yeah. you said, he does need a strong male role model. So, I think if. 
some some of these guys come and you know take Rusty? James under their yeah why not remember how like move for Rusty, infatuated James was with be. O'Bannon's dead body too and wanting to like touch it yeah and not not in a weird way in like an interesting Curious, way yeah. yeah and he asked for Patton he's like where's the big guy or was Patton. And and Terry's like, what do you want to know about Patton? Like, why are you curious about Patton? Yeah. You know? So I think, you know, it's a small neighborhood. He probably hears things even though he's, you know, only in middle school. Right. There's stuff going around and he, he's want, he wants in in a very, like, childish way. Well, they live so. in a one-bedroom apartment, too, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. So he, I'm sure he overhears conversations. Of oh, yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, it's really yeah. small. Yeah. We're sleeping in the living room. I want to know crazy. a bit more about your character and if we can expect to see things more from your perspective. Because, like I said, tonight was the first night where we followed you into the bathroom. Usually you go to the bathroom and we sit, but now we're really seeing things yeah. from your view. Well, she starts becoming more proactive um, later in the season. So I think. What does it mean? I know. You yeah. Can't yeah. I think. Over it. <laughs> you know, instead of being emotional about it and being like, oh no, I'm so sad. Like she actually is like, no, this is what's going to happen and starts to make moves, like whether Terry likes it or not. And, um. That must be fun for you because you, you seem like a go getter. Yeah. I think. <laughs> well, I think she's just upset. And I think when you have kids, you become like mama bear and you're like, I got to protect these guys no matter what's going on with whatever he's doing because I have no idea what he's doing. And, um, yeah, it's definitely nice to have more, like, proactive things go on as the character instead of just being the person that's responding to everything. Um, you definitely see stuff develop more later in the season hmm. with her. I love it. Okay, I want to get to some predictions before we get into a little bit more. I know you got some projects you got going on. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get there. Ooh. <laughs> Prediction. The the one thing that I don't not the one thing I'm sure there's a million things we didn't mention because the show there's so many little details of it that I love but something that I wanted to say that I don't even know what my prediction is maybe you guys have one is that we find out the other prostitute's name tonight we find out that it's Ruby um, do you guys think that that's because we're we're going somewhere with that I, I mean obviously we're going somewhere but where we're going or any other predictions you have yeah I, I'm I've said this before I'm maintaining that it's Patton's granddaughter. Mm, that it's uh, uh, Rosemary Bell, Rosemary, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mary Bell, yeah. Pulling a Phil over here, just making up names. <laughs> yeah. They all have nicknames. I'm telling you, I got three of them. You guys all do have. You have 16 names. We yours we can get down, Christine. But everybody's yeah. their first name, their last name, their nickname. There's so many names. Yeah, yeah. Like so many Sean. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you got Daffy with the last name first. Yeah, everybody does. Um, but what do you guys think? Other predictions? I think that's a great prediction. I didn't think of that. Um, all, I know that they, they wouldn't have mentioned that we found out her name if it wasn't of importance. You mm-hmm. know, so something is going to happen with that other hooker, you know, revealing, finding out who she really is. And maybe she has some other weird connection or something to do with it but i think that's a great prediction anna that it's uh rosemary hmm. our rosemary ruby I mean, yeah okay yeah. hey yeah. yeah so what do you think Ed? um i don't know if i agree with that i think that uh i'm really worried the conversation vince and p mac had the fact that vince is the one we know has been loose-lipped his wife knows all this and now he's on Mac's case about it I think you're the one who's going to get everybody in trouble, Vince. You're the one who's going to spill the beans to somebody or your wife. So I predict that something bad goes down there. 
too much foreshadowing for it to just go go safe. Yeah, I like that. Thanks, thanks. Yeah. Well, who, who, who thought Charlie was going to just quit the business and become a pimp? I said that tonight. <laughs> I said, honest to God, I said that when we were watching. I don't think he's going to quit, but I think that with this whole fortune thing, yeah. I think that now that he's been shot and his mom's all in his ear and the daughter, whatever, I think he's going to want to make more money so he can retire earlier. So I think he's going to really pimp it out. Pimp. Yeah. I do. Oh I think he's going to be a full-blown pimp. I don't think it's a far reach, Phil. I think I it's don't think so either. quite possible. He kind of already started. Yeah. yeah. He's, already he's just not yeah. really taking any money yet. Yeah. yeah. It's not that. He, he already has one employee. Yeah, but that was the world's worst conversation. Like, well, what do you want out of it? Nothing. Yeah, okay. but, but once he starts all, offering that protection, it always starts that way. Yeah. Nothing in the in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. is free. Yeah. Always. Okay, so now I have to ask Liz about your predictions. I know you know more than us, but what what, what do you? I know she's like, how am I going to predict? No, well, yeah, but what what's something that we should be looking for? What storyline should we be really looking forward to? Is there anything you can tell us? Well, you already told us a little bit that your character is going to be more proactive, so that's a prediction. That's yeah, it. I think. Um, Definitely the relationship between Sean and Deirdre gets played out um, much more. Uh, they they get closer, I'll say that. And, um, <laughs> and then, yeah, later on I start taking up my father-in-law and his offer, and that definitely causes a lot more tension between... Terry and his dad. So you were right on there with with that kind of relationship. I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. Those are good ones. Those are good ones. I think it's hard because she definitely gets handed this thing and she she wants to make a change and and she's also not really trusting Terry right now and she wants more and he's giving her like little tidbits which isn't really... I feel like it's hard to be the person that's kind of... You know that they're going through something and you're not really... Like some friends, or you know, mm-hmm. it's like it's so specific, mm-hmm. and it's like, what do you do? You know, like, do you keep nagging him, or are you just suck it up and do what you got to do? It's too vague for her. She's yeah. got to know more. Yeah, so I'm excited to have her find out more. And when you find out more, then we find out more. So uh, that's great. Yeah. And I have no idea how you're finding the time for this, but not only are you working on this project, but you're also directing a short right now. Mm-hmm. So I, can you tell us a little bit about that, or where people can eventually find it? Or yeah. What's going on? Um, well, I read Ed's book and I, I always liked producing and, um, I produced a short a couple of years ago and I wanted to try directing and I'd figured I'd go with a short instead of jumping into a feature right away. And I feel, um, like poetry is kind of a dying thing. So I wanted to do a poetry film and bring, um, you know, just pick a piece of poetry that I liked and make it cinematic and tell a story through that. And I feel like um, I was really inspired by Maya Angelou and her poem, Phenomenal Woman. So I casted Danielle Brooks from Orange is the New Black. Like, she was generous enough to come and do it. Do you guys know each other? We have a friend in common, but I never had met her before. Um, That is generous, then. Yeah, exactly. I think she probably respects your work and thinks that you're awesome, so I don't know if it's generous. Well, I think our friend probably put in a good word for me, and she also loves Maya Angelou in this poem. And it was just going to be about her and the story. So it's basically the poem is the voiceover for the story. And we follow this woman in a day of her life. And we, we're on the streets of New York. Um, and then we go to Rockaway, Queens. And we're at the beach. It's supposed to be like a very inspirational short video that I'll probably try to put on some short film websites and um, sites or organizations geared towards female empowerment and 
so all that. people who want to be able to find it, they can follow you and you'll tweet it out. When oh, yeah, totally. Available. So where, uh, once again, where can they find you on all I'm, the social media platforms? On Twitter, I'm at Liz Masucci. And on Instagram, I'm Elizabeth Masucci. Well, we really yeah. appreciate you coming in today. And, Thanks and for having thank me. You. This is fun. Thanks for letting us pick your brain. I loved it. <laughs> we, good, we got some good juicy tidbits to go forward. Yeah, I didn't want to give too much away. <laughs> no, you gave a perfect amount. Okay. And, and you couldn't give too much away. We're going to keep watching the show. Okay, good. Favorite, so no matter what. Okay, guys, in case they want to keep talking to you which I'm sure they do Tina Cap, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram or Twitter like she said at Tina Cap. You can follow me at Koppel from A-R-K-O-P-B-E-L-F-O-R-M-A-Y-O-R K-O-P-B-E-L-F-O-R-M-A-Y-O-R <laughs> And check us out here every week we've got uh, hopefully other guests lined up as well. <laughs> I think we have a guest every single week coming in now or, or at least calling goes according to plan. Yeah, we, we, got, a lot, we, we got a lot of you guys. There's a lot of us so you're going to be good for the rest of the You'll season. You'll put in a good word. You'll say, yeah. okay, they didn't torture me too no, much. No, I will never. <laughs> uh, you guys can find us at AfterBuzzTV, AfterBuzzTV.com YouTube.com slash AfterBuzzTV on iTunes, on SoundCloud Cloud. You can find me at Roxy Stryer, and you can find us next week, same time, same place. Talk about your favorite show, Public Morals. <laughs> Why did you? From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 